Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. When were the... What school's up? Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. Hey, I'm Jesse Dukes at Curious City, and I have a question for you. Have you gone swimming in the lake lately? If so, do you know about the Lake Michigan shark attack of 1955? Yeah, you heard me. Shark attack. Our questioner, Hilary Winars, wants to know if it's a true story or urban legend. Can we please get a final ruling on whether or not one young George Lawson was actually attacked by a shark in Lake Michigan in 1955 or not? It sounds unbelievable. Sharks are saltwater animals, right? The lake is freshwater. But the story is actually in the Global Shark Attack File, a database maintained by the nonprofit Shark Research Institute. It says a bull shark attacked Lawson without provocation. Would you like it to be true? I would, actually. I think it would be really... I mean, he lived, so it's not terribly tragic. But yeah, I I, kind of would. And I have to admit, a part of me wants it to be true, too. Not the part about a boy getting attacked, but I want to believe that a shark could make its merry way through thousands of miles of rivers into Lake Michigan. The world would just be that much more strange and wonderful and scary. So I became a detective. I searched through archives, cold-called strangers, ran down clues, and talked to experts about whether a shark could even get to Lake Michigan. My first clue was the names. The alleged victim, George Lawson, and his rescuer, John Adler. I found and tracked down a handful of people with those names in the area. And long story short, dead end. The next step, find the original source of the story. The shark database listed its source as, quote, F. Dennis, page 52. Google led me to a book called Man-Eating Sharks, published in 1975 and edited by a Felix Dennis. A quote from the book. Rescuer John Adler, who hauled the boy, minus most of his right leg, into a boat, said, quote, I wanted to know where this Felix Dennis got that from. So I went looking for him. Turns out he's a British multimillionaire. He founded Maxim Magazine and PC World, among other titles. He's famous for anticipating trends and hustling to publish something just ahead of the competition. And, unfortunately, he died in 2014. But I do have a friend in the UK who was willing to help us get in touch with his estate. My name's Emily Chornock. I'm calling on behalf of a radio show. And it worked. The estate put me in touch with one of the authors of Man-Eating Sharks, Christopher Rowley. He spoke to me over a fuzzy phone line in upstate New York. Squirrels bite the wires around here. (laughs) Rowley explained that back in 75, the movie Jaws had just made a huge splash. Hoping to capitalize, Felix Dennis hired three freelance writers, including Rowley, to throw together a picture book about sharks. Fast. We had a, a very short window, myself and two friends, Roger and Duncan, and it was just basically get down to the library and work like little beavers in there to um, pick up all the shark attack information we could gather in like about five weeks. 
I read Rolly the Lake Michigan bull shark story to refresh his memory. Yeah, that's that, now I'm remembering actually. That, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah, says he I can't remember where they got the story from. Maybe you were a little confused about your geography, and maybe there was another town that had a similar name to Chicago. Mm, Any no, chance I mean, you could have confused Chicago? I, I, I can assure you that at that point, no. <laughs> right. Well, my, my geography is pretty solid. However, Rolly admitted they may have made a few things up. Yep, in those days, Felix Dennis was more concerned with speed than accuracy. But Raleigh doesn't think they made up the Lake Michigan story. The details are just too vivid. So all that tells us is that there may or may not be another source of the story out there. So, another approach. What about somebody who really knows Lake Michigan? I wanted to know, like, so in all that time surfing and swimming, have you ever heard of a shark in Lake Michigan? No. I, you know, another thing that I've encountered is uh, beavers. Oh. Like, like some big beavers. Definitely don't want to get too close to one, anything that could take a bite out of you. Dave Benjamin of the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. He's a surfer who teaches people about water safety. And he said a lot of people have heard of the alleged shark. Every time we do elementary school presentations, they always ask if a bull shark can live in Lake Michigan. What do you tell them? We, we tell them no, that we haven't heard of any incidences, but they'll keep asking. They'll, they'll, the next kid will be up. are you sure? It's what I wondered, too. Can ocean sharks live in the lake? I would say probably not. Phil Willink is the senior research biologist at the Shedd Aquarium. He admitted if any shark could get in Lake Michigan... It would be a bull shark. It is able to control the salt and other compounds in its blood in order to maintain a balance with the water that's around it. Wow. And that enables it to move back and forth between freshwater and saltwater. So, yes, bull sharks can swim into freshwater. And we think they can stay there for several years, possibly. Years. Years. And just how far away from the ocean can a bull shark get? So the record that I know is in the Amazon where they found a bull shark a couple thousand miles away from the ocean. How far away from the ocean is Lake Michigan? I'm going to say 1,500 to 2,000 miles. So you're saying it's possible. It is possible. It's possible for a bull shark to make its way into Lake Michigan? Well, for scientists can never say anything's impossible. Yeah, 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 we get it. You're a scientist. The important point here, it's possible. But as Mr. Spoilsport scientist Willink points out, there are big obstacles. We know sharks have actually been as close as St. Louis. But from there, they'd have to swim another 300 miles and get past 10 locks in dams, some of which a shark could get through no problem. Others, they'd have to wait for the lock to open and sneak through. Which brings us back to... Probably not. Boring. And consider, shark attacks make the news. And there's nothing, nothing in the Chicago Tribune, the Defender, nothing about a shark attack in the 1950s. Which makes me think... This is just another bull shark story. I want to be serious for a second. I really don't think you need to worry about sharks in the lake. But, as Dave Benjamin, the surfer, points out, nearly 50 people drowned in Lower Lake Michigan in 2014 and 2015. And he thinks all the shark hype is a distraction. We get all these media attention to shark attacks around the world when more people are going to die drowning gets very little attention. And as more people are concerned about being eaten by a shark than actually having a drowning accident. So please, be safe out there. And if you see a shark, please, give me a call. Reporting on this story came from me, Jesse Dukes. 
Thanks to questioner Hilary Winars, who's ready to admit that shark is probably an urban legend. Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City Podcast is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Goose Island Brewers' curiosity drives them to reimagine traditional styles, creating a diverse range of award-winning beers, including Bourbon County brand Stout, Goose IPA, and Four Star Pills. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best beer you drink. Next time on Curious City, there are windowless, doorless buildings throughout Chicago. And man, they can really make your imagination run wild. There were two guys talking, and one guy said to his other, to the guy next to him, said, you know, there's a nuclear reactor in that building. And I was like, there's no way that's true. And that's what really kind of got me, like, I got to figure out what's in that building. It's time to end the speculation. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that and it's Chicago based. So you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown.